You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Open your Bibles, if you will. We're going to look in the book of Ephesians. I'm going to go back to where we were last Sunday. I couldn't get everything in that I wanted to, to say last Sunday morning. So I'll go back to the same passage of Scripture there in Ephesians 3, and we're going to go uh, to that second prayer that Paul is praying for the Ephesians here, and uh, take one more look at that. I'm going to draw one main thought, a real foundational truth that really I just didn't give it any time at all last Sunday, and I, I just feel like I need to, to be able to do so again this morning, okay? Um, by the way, uh, if I forget... I have a tendency every now and then to do that. If I forget at the end of the service to remind uh, our folks that if there's any of the young fellows that don't mind hanging out for just a few minutes to go help set up some chairs for our uh, Falls International Baptist Church, uh, it would be a help to them so that they could get things all set up and ready to go for that service right after ours. So I believe they start at 1.30. And if you guys don't mind, a few of you would work on that. It would be a real help and a blessing uh, to those folks, all right? Okay, have you found Ephesians chapter 3? I want to remind you as you are there, let's see. If you look in chapter 1 as well, look over in chapter 1 as well. Um, In verse 15, you also have, uh, in verse 16, Paul is uh, ceasing not to give thanks. And uh, notice in verse 15, what prompted his prayer was, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith, in the Lord Jesus. I want you to hold on to that for just a moment, if you will. When I heard of your faith, then he went to the Lord in prayer for them. Now, you get into chapter 3 with another prayer, and you're going to find faith being central to what he has to say to these guys here as well. But can I read that second prayer of Paul again? Paul has just reminded the, the Gentiles and the Jews that God has removed the wall that separated them before, and now all Christians are brought back can be brought together into one body, and we ought to be able to, by the way, worship here at the house of God with any and everybody that uh, desires to worship the Lord. Could we say a little amen to that? I agree that anybody and all folks that would want to come to the house of God to worship the Lord uh, ought to be able to come and worship God. Amen? And so Paul is excited about this. He wants them to understand to the Gentiles, non-Jews, that Now that you can be saved and you can know what the blood of Jesus Christ can do for you, he's like, oh my goodness, there is so much that is available to your walk with God. I don't want you to miss it. Now, to our folks here this morning, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to talk about today is um, I, I believe it's an issue for all of us at one time or another. There are times even in my walk with God today that I have to struggle to remember what I'm going to preach about today. I've gotten a whole lot better. God has put me through a whole lot of things in life and has taught me how to recognize and understand that He is there. But I'm I'm hoping that if, if God taps you on the heart this morning, friend, as Christ passes by your pew today, would you let the truth of what He's trying to say to you really ring in your heart and make a change in your life? I believe it could be a real blessing for you. So let's start in verse 14 again. We'll see this 
uh, second prayer that Paul is praying for these Ephesians. For this cause, in other words, with all the things I've said to you about your salvation and how you're a part of the family now, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, notice those who are in heaven and earth are called the family of God, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you this is kind of breaking it down a little bit. I'm taking my time with this. Let it sink in. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit, where? In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts, where? In your hearts. Uh, in the inner man. Are you catching that, that theme that's in here? Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Could all God's people say, amen. And let's have prayer there. Lord, thank you so much for letting us be back in the word of God today and for feeding my heart this week, God, with these, uh, these thoughts once again, truths that are here that we so badly need today. Christians that might have been saved for many, many years that may struggle with the very things Paul was praying for. So God, open our hearts and our minds and, and wake us up to these truths, and I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Has anybody ever lived around a walnut tree? Did you have kids? Yeah. That lived around the walnut trees? Do you know where I'm going to go with this? Wal I love walnuts. I love walnuts in brownies. I like walnuts on top of cakes. I, I, like, I, just, I like walnuts. They're, they're great for your ice cream and your desserts. So when, um, so when I was a kid, back in the woods where I lived, we had a, a huge woods behind our house, and those guys would go back there, and we found a walnut tree. And my dad had told me, I said, Dad, I think we found, a, I brought one of these big things with a hole on it. The, you know, the hole had not fallen off yet. Who knows what I'm talking about when I say the hole? Oh, well, you guys haven't lived yet till you pick up a walnut that's still in its full hole. And it's just got this real thick, heavy shell around it. And I, I said, Dad, what is this? He said, son, that's a walnut. And he said, on the inside of that is another, the real nut that you have to crack open and you get the walnuts out of the inside. Man, I was so excited. And I said, bub, be careful because you've taken that hole off. You're, you're going to get some stain on your fingers. Does anybody know what I'm going to talk about here? All right. I didn't care. I was going to have some walnuts, man. I could see them on my cake. I could see them on my ice cream. And, uh, and I, I, uh, I like cake and ice cream, if you haven't noticed. But, um, so I, I got it all peeled away, and I'm not staring so much at my fingers. Uh, I'm, 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 the black walnut is on the inside, and, man, I worked and I labored, and I got all that stuff out of the way and found a rock, and then I put it on another rock, and I finally cracked that walnut open, and there was nothing inside. It was just it was a dud. That's what I would call it. 
Um, and, and I didn't, I mean, I looked at my fingers now and the walnut stain, that greenish, look like you've smoked cigarettes all your life um, or chewed tobacco and just run it through your fingers. That's what it looks like. It's horrible. And it doesn't go away tonight. It does, a bath does nothing. Uh, a week hardly does anything and it's with you forever. So, I mean, I, I'm thinking about Jesus and he's, you know what Christ did for us? Christ took the stain of sin and washed it away in the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? And aren't you glad he was willing to take the whole and the stain uh, of this life? But what I know Jesus Christ does not want to do is to go through all that sacrifice and labor just when he gets to the inside of the heart of a man. Of course, when you get saved, Christ comes to live there and will never depart from you. But to find how hollow your Christianity can be sometimes is much like when I went through all that labor, cracked that walnut open to find that it was a dud. Now, there was like paper-thin walnut uh, flesh inside that was supposed to be the walnut, just hadn't been nourished enough, and it couldn't uh, provide anything for my ice cream. I was disappointed. And I wonder if Christ looks into our heart today. And uh, you saw the words like I did, inner man, in your heart. You understand what God's trying to get at here this morning. God is not so much interested in changing what's on the outside till what's on the inside has a change. Till what's on the inside is real, it's not hypocritical. God does want me to change on the outside, but God doesn't work from the outside in. God works from the inside out. And when what's on the inside has changed, then, friend, what's on the outside just natural to happen. It just, it does happen. And Paul is saying to these people, guys, you have Christ now. God can live in your hearts, and he can change your lives. But what a shame it would be for you to be saved and never really mature. And your Christianity is this paper-thin walnut on the inside that doesn't really amount to a whole lot and so he says I want to get into with my prayer I want to get into the heart of and the soul of people today so that God can change us on the inside I'm going to show you uh if you go back to verse 17 with me look there see the first phrase and then you have the semicolon would you read that first phrase out loud with me verse 17 first phrase the Bible says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. You see that goal that God has? God wants Jesus Christ to dwell in our hearts by faith. In Sunday school this morning, we, uh, I was teaching about how to, how to be a witness and how Christ wants folks to not just uh, be satisfied with who sits in the auditorium. God is more... Uh, excited about a sinner that gets saved and brought into the fold than those who are already sitting here. It's not that he's not excited that people are saved, but when somebody gets rescued from sin, uh, it, it excites God. There's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner that repents and comes home, all right? And I asked everybody, I said, so how many of you are saved here this morning? And uh, all of our Sunday school class raised their hands. And I'm just asking this morning, we don't have to go through that to raise our hands right now, but and you don't raise your hands, but are you saved here this morning? Do you have Jesus Christ living in your heart? 
Can you go back to that time in life where Christ became your living Savior, not just a story that your Sunday school teacher talked about or some preacher preached about at one, some point. Do you remember when Christ became your Savior? And if you can remember that time, then guys, understand this morning, that Christ that lives in your heart today dwells there by faith. How many of you just, I'll just ask, how many of you know without doubt Christ lives in your heart today? Could you just say an amen? Raise your hand and praise the Lord. How does he live there? By faith. Uh, How did he get there? For by grace are you saved through faith. And it's not that I keep him there by faith. It's just that now that Christ is there forever, now I am supposed to live a life of faith and believe that God is there and to know that all that he has for me is available for me right now. That's what I want to dwell on here this morning over the next several minutes. So if I can just say number one this morning, when when we live by faith, When Christ dwells in our heart by faith, then guys, here's what's going to happen to all of us here this morning. We will begin to have more of a consistency in our Christian life. Please remember the word consistency. I'll be more stable about what I uh, do and act and and act out in in my Christian life. So there, there'll, you'll be more consistent in what you do for the Lord. First of all, under that thought, when you live by faith, guys, can I just say this? You just know that Jesus Christ is there with you. What do you mean by that? Well, we've all heard that verse out of Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave thee nor what? Forsake thee. I think we all pretty much knew that verse. How about the Great Commission? And lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the world, to the end of the age, God said, I'm never going to leave you. And, and I know up here, guys, factually, I know God told me that he's never going to leave me, but there are times I have felt so very all alone, and I've been at places in my life that were very, very drastic and difficult. I mean, hardest places I've ever been in my life, and I will be honest with you, I could not, are you going to listen to this next word? Feel his presence with me. I've been at times in my life where I was all I felt all alone you're going to come upon times in your life when you don't feel like god is there but for christ to dwell in your hearts by faith guys you have to just know that god is there with me it's a fact of the word of god the word of god is clear about this and i may not feel excited about something and i may even feel really bad about some other things that are going on in my life but the fact is jesus christ is with me wherever i go we've got to come to that place where that happens you're going to come upon some real difficult trials in your life most of us have been there and if you say well preacher i've had some hard times but nothing i could really say that was just something that really waylaid me and and just kind of knocked me out well I'm not trying to be discouraging, but I, I will tell you, it's going to happen. You're going to hit some times in life that's really, really hard and really, really difficult. And when trials come to the outward Christian, who is that? Who is this outward Christian? It's the Christian that while you're in church, you, you just really feel the presence of God. But when you drive away from the house of God and you get away from the amens and the songs, 
you just kind of feel empty and like, where is God? I just don't feel like he's around me right now. And your life begins to get a little trembly and your Christianity starts to get the same way. Trials come and those outward Christians begin to wonder if he's even there for you. You ever been there? I'm going through the most difficult time of my life, God. Where are you when I need you the most? Can I just tell you something this morning? Friend, you're not stronger uh, because of a lack of difficulties in your life. You're stronger because you go through difficulties in life. And God knows that. Because when you get to that place where life is most difficult and you feel empty, and you're wondering where God is, I mean, that's when you turn to the God in heaven that can do something about it. You turn to the one who lives in your heart by faith, and you come to realize, God, you were there all along. You hadn't forsaken me, and all along, God, you were walking right beside me. I mean, honestly, guys, I mean, if you come up on a really huge trial right now, I mean, think about it. You didn't go through all of life's miseries that you have faced up to this point just to lose it now. Like, I'm bailing out on God now. I mean, Christ is in your heart right now. And God didn't bring you all this way. I mean, look backwards on all the life that you've lived and all the trials that you've come through. God did not bring you this far for you to throw your hands up today and say, that does it. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm tired of the Christian life. I'm tired of going to church. We need to lose our insecurities about whether he's e even really there or not. Everybody here's got uh, a friend. Maybe you haven't talked to him in weeks, maybe months. But if you called that friend up, your friend would not have to say, man, I haven't heard from him in a long time. Everything okay with us? I, I mean, uh, uh, usually I hear from you three or four times a week. Is something wrong between us? No. With this friend, it's not like that. You just know without doubt that they still love you and they know that you still love them. And what you need in your Christian life, guys, is somebody who is very stable, who loves you when you come to him, no matter what time it is. We'd be laying in bed, my wife and I, and, and the storm would start outside, lightning, rain, thunder. It'd be two or three in the morning, and I'm trying to plug my ears and go, to, go back to sleep. And the lightning would flash, and I'd open my eyes, and there would be one of my kids standing right there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, scare you to death. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Dad, I'm, I'm scared. You know, and then you hold him for a little bit. See, going back now, everything's, everything's going to be okay. And I, I don't look at him and say, what in the world do you think you're doing scaring your dad like that? Because I don't want him to know I got scared like that. Uh, I don't say that. I say, honey, it's okay. I give him a hug, pat him on the back, and say, now, Mom, you go put her back to bed. Because <laughs> I'm really tired. <laughs> you know, you need to know that you have a God that no matter what time it is and no matter what you're going through, you can go to him and guess what? He's going to be there all the time. God's never forsaken you. I know sometimes the heart feels empty, and I know sometimes the mind plays games, but I will tell you, when you learn to live your life, what's that verse 17 say? By faith. You just know he's there. Are there times that I don't feel like he's there? Yes, many. But do I know that he's there? Without doubt. 
He's been with me every step of the way and is going to walk me right into heaven. We've got to develop some kind of a consistency here in the Christian life. That's what God's trying to get us to understand. Know that I'm there with you. Well, secondly, under that thought, being more consistent, living your life by faith, you have to just know that he is also able. Not that he is just there, that I know without doubt, because he is there all the time and will never leave me, but you better come to the place in life where you recognize and realize, my God is able no matter what. Your Christianity doesn't waver and go up and down when some great trial or some great need comes up in your life. We've all been there. Uh, some bill pops up or some, uh, some physical need comes in or something stops working uh, uh, at a most inopportune time and you're like, now how are we going to be able to take care of that? And it's amazing the number of Christians whose faith begins to waver and to flicker and, and, and your, your church attendance starts to break off a little bit. Not sure if my God can take care of all these things. Guys, you better come to a place where you recognize and realize that God is there and can help me through no matter what I'm going through at that time. Things might be as tough as they've ever been in your life. Again, finances or your health, something may have just tipped you over backwards in your walk. But when you live your life by faith, you just know that God is able. Drop down there into verse 20 again. Look at it with me. Now unto him that is able to do what? Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I love those words, unto him that is able. Guys, when you decide that I'm going to live by faith, you're going to understand you have a God that is able no matter what you've come upon or what God allows to come into your life. My God is able. When we live our lives by faith, let me give you another one. Um, You just know that he is also your provider. These two things kind of go back and forth a little bit and they may bleed into each other's thoughts just a little bit. But you need to understand that God's going to take care of your needs. Let me give you a verse, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8. Would you listen as I read it slowly? Uh, Are you still awake with me this morning? Are you listening to what God has for us? Please listen to these words God has for you. Uh, You just need to know that God is your provider. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That's an amazing verse. First, it says God is able. Secondly, it says to make all grace abound towards you. In other words, meet your needs. And then it goes on that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. That's just an amazing thought when I listen to that. That ye or me, Philip, I will always have all sufficiency, which means everything I'm going to need in all things. So what did that just say? You can't come upon anything in life that the all-sufficient God doesn't already have for you what you need for that thing. Our problem is, is that we just don't live uh, by faith. We live by chewing our fingernails and then wondering how much is left on the credit card that we can, can we add a little bit more to that? You just know that God is going to provide for me when I have a walk by faith. Your life, again, it doesn't fall apart. And your church attendance doesn't go out the door. And your Bible doesn't just become this paperweight that sits on the, 
uh, coffee table as you come in the door from church. When there's this tremendous need that all of a sudden just pops up in your life, you don't fall apart because inside you're living by faith. And you know that you have a God that can provide any and everything that I'm ever going to need. I have to learn how to live my life by faith. Stop being so shaky in my walk with God. I know Paul's trying to get this into their heart, guys. Please don't miss this, he's thinking. Please understand you're saved, but there's so much to salvation that you miss out on. Second big point I want to bring out here this morning is when we begin living our lives by faith, and again, these two major thoughts are very similar. When I decide that I'm going to live my life by faith, listen to this, we will stop living our lives by our feelings. Oh boy, this is really a big one. I'm going to live my life by faith. Somebody stands up, comes to an altar, or sits in their devotions at home and just says, that does it, man. Verse 17 right there. I'm going to live my, my Christianity out. I'm going to live it by the faith of God. And this world's not going to take me down until you start feeling a little yucky and you're a little fearful about this and feelings begin to take over in your life. When you begin to live your lives by faith, we'll stop living our lives by our feelings. Listen, to live your life by your feelings shows just how shallow, a Christian, uh, how shallow your Christianity really is. When you live your life by your feelings, it's easy to wake up on a snowy Sunday morning. You're not the people I need to be talking to. You wake up on a snowy or a drizzly Sunday morning, and you just feel a little bit extra tired all of a sudden. So you just don't feel like going to church today. I, I, I'd feel a whole lot better if I could just maybe get an extra hour's sleep. When God tells us and teaches us that this is where you're going to grow in Christ, and this is where your faith will be increased. And yet I choose another little 30 minutes, extra hours sleep because of the way I, what? It's the way I felt. And when you live by feelings, guys, can you relate to this? You can come to a church service, get all fired up, man. I mean, my heart is so fired up. I'm charged in the things of the Lord. And emotionally, you may not realize how, just how deep it's gone is only into your adrenaline gland. Emotionally, I get all charged up. But on the way home from church, somebody cuts in front of you and Christian cuss words come out. Oh, they're Christian cuss words. And we don't say those really, really bad ones. But the heart's still the same. On your way home from church, where the message was preached, how to get along with fellow man. <laughs> but I'm all charged up in church, buddy, until somebody cuts me off. And whoa, well, preacher, I was just born this way. My blood just boils. I can't help it. I got it from my dad. I, 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 or is it the mom? Who is it the mom that I get that from? He says, it's in the genes. I understand that with your first birth, but you have a second birth. You had one nature when you got born into the world. You got a new nature when you got born again. And God says to you this morning, I, I, I'm looking for the Christian who will just choose. Do you hear that word? I will choose to believe that he's there for real. He's there to stay. And no matter what my need is, he's there for me. So when my feelings start flying, <clears throat> and I don't feel so good, and I get mad at somebody, or uh, I get jealous about this or that, or my fears, and that's a big thing in life today, fears and insecurities start rising up, 
And I don't feel so good in the Lord like I did on Sunday morning when everybody was excited and I got a little amen here and there. and The songs were so dynamite. And it's just me driving to work or it's just me flipping the light off in the bedroom. It's just me and nothing around me. God is looking for the Christian who will understand you are to live your life by faith and to know that God will never forsake you. He's always been there for you once you've trusted him as Savior. You remember verse 18? Go back down there. We're in chapter 3 again. Verse 18, where it says you might be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ. That's what God wants us to know with all saints. Can you look back up here? With all saints. Can we name all saints? Can we go through all the saints and see if we can relate to them? Well, no, there's no way to do that. But can I pull a few of them out this morning and tell you that God wants you to be able to comprehend right along with them how strong this faith can, can actually be? God came to a daddy who had a son, and this son was supposed to be his heir. Uh, through this son, a mighty nation was going to be uh, produced in this world. It was the nation of Israel. God had told Abraham that. And one day, God said to Abraham, I want you to go up on this mountain, and I want you to take uh, your son, and here's God's words, thine only son, just to make sure he understood the sacrifice this was really going to be. And he said, I want you to offer him up as a sacrifice to me. Abraham said, yes, God. That's, that amazes me. Okay. So he gathered up the wood, and he gathered up, gathered up the knife, and he put the wood on the back of Isaac, and, and I, said, Isaac, we're, we're heading up the mountain, son. We're going we're gonna to offer a sacrifice to God. Isaac, halfway there, looks at Dad, and he says, Dad, we got the wood, and we got all these other things that are necessary for the sacrifice, but where is the sacrifice? Can you hear Abraham's heart thumping inside? Can anybody else imagine how strong those feelings were? I've been in the hospital alongside of a little child of mine uh, with fear in their eyes, not understanding why they were there and, and how and why these things were happening to them. And I've been there when my heart was bleeding out for them, wishing I could take their place. Can you imagine that daddy looking at his son and all those feelings that must have been rushing through his heart and mind? And he said, son, God's going to provide himself a lamb. Where did that come from? Come out of a heart that was walking by faith with God. It didn't come out of a set of feelings that was rushing through his emotions. It came from a heart that knew that God is real and God's going to take care of our needs. And what did happen? You know the story, the lamb and the ram in the thicket behind them, and God did provide. I believe, I believe Abraham would have drove the knife into his son. I believe he would have done that because he fully believed that God was able to restore him to life. The Bible even says that. Man, where do you get that kind of resolve? It's called learning to walk by faith in God, that I have a great God that's going to meet my needs no matter what. And when you can do that, friend, you don't have to live your life by your feelings all the time. You're still going to have feelings, and they're going to rush through your heart and mind constantly, but that's not the driving point of our life. I remember three young men standing in front of a furnace that had been hotter than it had ever been, many times hotter than it had ever been before. I'll give you one chance, one more chance to have your life saved. 
you know, bow down to the, to, to the golden image and, and, and worship this, uh, this, this image that represents me and my glory and honor. And just want you to know, O king, that um, we're not going to do that. And if Mike, number one, our God is able to deliver us from this fiery furnace. But if he chooses not to, we just want you to know we're still not going to bow down to you because we live for this God by faith. Those guys opened that furnace door and the soldiers that were throwing them in burnt up. And those three young men trip and fall into that furnace. The ropes that were binding them burnt off, but not even a hair on their body was singed. They looked inside and what did uh, what did the king see? Did we just throw three in there? Yeah, but guys, when you understand that I'm living my life by faith, God is always there. The fourth man in the fire is always with you. Doesn't matter what you're going through. God has never left you. Those three young men understood that. And they lived their lives not by emotions. I mean, if they were here at our church, guys, they'd be in every service. And it didn't matter if a loved one had just passed away and they just finished the funeral yesterday. Um, I'll never forget Randy Holso passing away and Elmer and Shirley Holso being in this the, the service almost that very next day. I, I never forget that, them walking in, smile on their face. Why did they do that? How could they do that with their heart grieving for the loss of a son? Because they lived by faith and not by their emotions and their feelings. God, give us a church full of people that'll live that way. God's looking for those people yet today. Anybody that bows down to anybody or anything other than the king going to be thrown into a, a den of lions. Don't pray to any other god. And Daniel, like he'd always done before, realized, I know what you guys are up to, and I know what you're trying to do, but I have a God that has much greater things than these little things down here. I'm going to bow down and, and, and pray to my God like I always have done. I know they're peeking in the windows. I know they can see what I'm doing, but I've got a greater one whose eyes are on me today i'm living by faith i'm not going to live by the fear of man that's around me i'm going to i'm going to serve my god well look what it look what it, uh, it bought you a trip to the lion's den yep and we made real good friends down in that den <laughs> lion couldn't bite me uh, i don't even believe the fleas could bite him off the lions god just protected that man where do you get that kind of faith well guess what it's inside of you and God lives in you, a God that gave his son, and that son lives in you through the spirit of God today. And I'm, I'm convinced, like Paul was on his knees begging, God, please let these people get this. Please don't let them go through life continuing to live like they did in their Gentile days. And I know that they realize they're saved, but God, don't let them live uh, you know, by the, the feeling that they have that uh, rushes through their blood or or by the fears, or by their concerns, or, or just wondering if I'm even there for them. God, let them get into the inner heart of their uh, very being and let them know that they can live this life by faith and serve this God in a tremendous way. God, help us as a church to be able to take this prayer and this desire of God that he has for us here this morning and determine, I will live by faith. I'm done with my frivolous a little lifestyle, when I, when I get my feathers ruffled just the least little bit, I'm out the door, or, or my Bible reading's gone, or I'm done with tithing to a, a God like that. 
God help us to be sincere and rock solid on this Word of God here today so that I can live my life by faith. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, please listen to me. God wants to live in your heart by faith. He wants to be there for you all the time. He wants to be your provider all the time. God wants to come to you, friend, when you're scared and you're fearful about what's going to happen to you in life and life is not making sense to me. God wants to be in your heart and soul and show you you don't have to live by your emotions. You can live by faith and have that confidence that I'm with you all the time. Why would you go through life trying to live it on your own? When there's a Savior that died for you and paid your sin debt on Calvary, can you, can you honestly say today that your sin debt has been paid for? That God has cleansed me of all my sin, that I've trusted Him as my personal Savior, and I know Christ gave His life for me, and you called upon that Lord to come and be the Savior of your life. Have you done that in some form or fashion And if you haven't done that yet today, could I challenge you when we give the invitation here in just a moment, would you let us take the Word of God and show you how to be saved? If you are saved and you're on your way to heaven, are you walking by faith? Are you still walking by the feelings that rush through a person's heart and mind and all those doubts and fears that seem to so continually lead my life? God give us Christians that will delve deeply into the heart, that inner man, and understand the strength and the power that God has given to us here today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed as we go to the Lord in prayer. Nobody looking about. I really believe the challenge that is before us here today, guys, is to beg God to help us to begin living our lives by faith. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer, but just before I pray, could I just ask quickly, briefly, nobody looking about, could I just ask uh, this morning, is there anyone here this morning that would just say, preacher, I've got some things God's been dealing with my heart about, and I believe God's been speaking to me this morning about some things. Would you keep me in prayer? Uh, about those items could you just slip your hand up friend real quick right up and right back down thank you thank you thank you thank you friend anybody else just keep me in prayer about some things it seems like God's speaking to me about some things this morning thank you Lord we come to you today God just like Paul did to plead and to pray that you would work in the hearts of the Christians God we don't have the Ephesians here today we have Eastside Baptist Church here today And we need that same God to speak to our hearts. We need the confidence that that God has to be our confidence today. You know all the hands that have gone up and you know the needs that have been represented, God. And I'm asking you, Lord, would you bless those hearts, Lord? Would you meet what that need is? God, would you help us as Christians to determine today, no longer will I live by my feelings, but it's by faith. I believe in that God, that Savior that's with me. So please encourage and challenge our our hearts today. If someone is here, they're not saved, and God's been speaking to their heart, would you give them, Lord, that conviction to draw them to you in a saving way? And I'll thank you for what you'll do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.